Guys, we do not. We we do not. We do not. Sorry, I just I had a, like a, a mental breakdown just a second ago. We do not have music today. So guess what? We do have this like. What are these things called? Are these things called xylophones? Yeah, classic xylophone. From this is child. a xylophone from Beastie Boys. Remember, girls, the song Beastie Boys. Girls. Okay, play. Girls. Dun, dun, dun. I don't even have the thing to be able to hit it with. So you know what? We're kind of all right. We're a mess today, but welcome back. We are the yes. Stress Out Podcast. I'm Haley Ray, and I'm Matt Jones. And today we have very special guest Lauren Kling. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Good, good. Besides that whole text message debacle, you know, good, you know, iPhones crapping out. Yeah. I'm thinking about going your route and going the Android route. It's weird because I, f- I always stay away from iPhone uh-huh. issues. Oh, really? And so I really feel like an outsider. I say I love my iPhone. Because you don't know the iPhone problem? Because I, well... Android's got its own iPhone. Well, it's it's got its own problems. Uh-huh. So your problems are my problems, just with a different way of fixing it. Right, right. Are they easier to fix or harder to fix? I don't know. Can you throw your phone just as far as I can d- down a flight of stairs? <laughs> oh, <no>. Yeah, <laughs> that's the ultimate fix. But you know that's the what? ultimate fix. Yeah, it's hitting this your case, and it makes my phone really heavy. But it's like shockproof or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I, dr- I drop my phone all the time and it, like you can see it has no And you scratches. do not have a crack screen. I no see so screens. many crack screens. What a business uh-huh. money-making opportunity for, for sure. people to fix. Especially for girls. Girls always have cracked screens. I don't know why. Like I, I never, ever, ever meet a girl who pulls out an iPhone without a cracked screen. So I'm a unicorn then? You are a unicorn. Yeah. I think that you might really be a man because of that, <laughs> you know? All because, right. yeah. So, uh, moving along. <laughs> so, Lauren, what do you, uh, what's, uh, how did you get, how did you guys meet? Because I'm oh. sort of an outsider on your guys' relationship, your no, friendship no, we, and everything. We, I, uh, through Facebook. Through yeah, Facebook. Facebook? Yeah, yeah, through Facebook. It was through one of the, one yeah. of the groups. Yeah, one, one of the groups, m- a hosting group. Okay. Oh, was it through yeah. hosts in LA? Yeah. yeah. All right. So there's cool. hosts in LA, yeah. which is a group of on-camera hosts, podcast people, mm-hmm. digital uh-huh. People, right on, right on. Do you do hosting? I do hosting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. sweet. Yeah, sweet. It wasn't the thing I ever dreamed I'd be doing. What did you Uh dream you'd be doing? When I was a little kid, I wanted to work on in TV. I Mm -hmm. loved TV. I I grew up with TV. I loved old TV shows from the '80s and early '90s, and I thought I'd work behind the scenes, and I did. I went to school Mm -hmm. for TV and radio and film production, and then about. Uh, I want to say about five or six years ago, I got into voiceover. I was like, I'm going to try this because I'd done improv in San Diego where I went to school. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I did voiceover. I'm like, oh, this is fun, especially animation voiceover. I did that. And then, um, and then, oh, I was working on a movie. I was actually behind the scenes as a camera PA on a movie with Dax Shepard. Okay. Called Smother, which is a really funny movie that went straight to video. Smother. Smother. What's Smother. That about? It's a uh, Dax Shepard. Is it a snuff film? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, Dax Shepard plays this kind of down and out guy who's got an overprotective mother. And uh-huh. I'm like, already, this is my kind oh, of movie. Like a smothering and, mother. Yeah, like a smothering mother and trying to have a relationship. Is uh, it a comedy? It's a comedy, yeah. It's a comedy, it's, okay. Yeah, it's really funny. And so one of the first days of shooting, we were shooting in Van Nuys at a carpet store. That's and there was hood. And there was That's a, my hood. Yeah, yeah, I know, I've heard. <laughs> the we'll land talk. of pedophiles. Born and raised in Van Nuys. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Back in the simpler days. Yeah, yeah. Craziness. um, We were filming at a carpet store, and there was a character actor, and I can't remember his name, but he was for a while like the Sony PlayStation guy. He'd be like, "Hi, this is the Sony PlayStation." Uh huh. Um, And he was doing improvising. In his scene as a character, basically, his job was to talk to Dax Shepard, t- tell him about how you got you got to work here. This is the only job you're ever going to have, dude, because they were friends. Right. And there's an old woman looking at carpet samples, mm-hmm. and while Dax Shepard and this other guy are talking, they're making like these weird sex motions with their bodies. Uh-huh. And so this character actor is behind this old lady in the scene pretending like he's, you know, coming oh, at yeah. her from behind. <laughs> and just, I was looking at him and I was like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> Although as I'm saying that, that came out very wrong. Yeah, I don't want to mime, pantomime, doing things to old people. But the way that he was just having fun and getting lost in uh-huh. the character, kind of mm-hmm. like if you do improv or you do sketch right, or acting, when you get lost in the character, I'm like, I'm on the wrong side of the lens. And it was that moment where I was like, I gotta, I gotta find something else that I really want to do. Yeah, I think sometimes you think that you want to do something in entertainment, and then what happens is you kind of find out what it really is, and then you're like, oh, I'd rather do that thing over there that that person's doing. Yeah, because a lot of times I think you associate a lot of different things to like when you originally wanted to be like, let's just say, a straight up actor. Were you like, were you kind of like hungry for like, oh, I want to be famous. I want, I want, I want the accolades. I want to be able to be popping out of the red carpet and everything, and then just having somebody like rub my chest hair, you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden. And like you know like me a so stack well. of ones with pigeons coming out of your sleeves. I would say laundry quarters, but that, that's just laundry because. Quarters. But you know what? When you become when you become well enough where you can afford your own laundry machines, washers and dryers. Oh yeah, well, washer and dryer hookup. You can especially get an apartment with a washer and dryer. Right, hookup. you don't need yeah. laundry quarters. So I'm special. still I'm still in the old mindset of being showered with laundry quarters when really I should be showered in. I don't know, dryer sheets for dryer my sheets. washer and yes. dryer. Tide pods. Tide, Tide pods. I love them, Tide pods. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty great. You know, Life changing. besides tasting horrible and melting in your hands if your hands are wet, mm-hmm. but they are great because they're pre-measured. Yeah, they're, uh-huh. it's just perfect. You just grab a handful, throw them into your washing machine or your dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I use yeah. a few too many, not going to lie. You know what? I don't use any. Like, I, I use I use detergent, but I don't use the sheets or anything like that. And I think about, like, what I'm putting my clothes into. Because I, I wash my laundry on site, and I live in a really bad, like, shoddy Van Nuys building that, you know, just looks like a World War II, like, explosion happened I there, have heard you, know? you on this podcast like speak tank. so eloquently <laughs> and wax poetically about Van Nuys. Oh, dude, it's, it's, it's really, I, it's a place that I hate, and I, for some reason, can't seem to leave. It's like the shining. Like I'm stuck there. It's like, well, sir, you've always been it's here. On loop. And it's like, <laughs> luckily yeah, it's a feedback for, loop. Right. I luckily for out. you, n- elevators don't yeah. work in the city of Anais, so that's not no elevator's gonna open with a pool of blood. No, no. They'll just be closed, which is probably safe and although it could be because some of those cholos that ride razor scooters, they might get somebody in the elevator. You never know. <laughs> I feel like if you ride razor scooters past the age of thirty, you're pretty mad about like just your current situation. You do know, you, I would be. Do you ever look at old pictures of the valley or Van Nuys back in the day? Like you no, know, was the, it nice? Well, in the I've six, only been there two in years. The, oh, well, yeah, in the in the 
I think it was late 60s, early 70s, the Anheuser-Busch plant actually was the site of Busch Gardens. Really? This beautiful lake Wait, there filled- was a Busch Gardens in LA? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was- uh, Van Nuys was nice. Whoa. At least Busch Gardens was nice. But yeah, it was more, it was more like, you know, because the valley really got built up around World War II uh-huh. because it was all farmland. And so during World oh. War II, a lot of the machine uh, factories were in the Burbank area near the airport, near Burbank Airport and Van Nuys Airport. And so people were just moving in to build the city into like a total um, home, you know, family community. Right. I did not know that. And so Bush Gardens came in either. and you can see pictures of lakes and like pelicans and they what? had this tram that had like a track above that would take you through the factory. Sounds like Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah, it does did actually. Did they have rides like the like the Bush Gardens in like Florida and Virginia? I think it was more like a fair. My guess is okay. maybe it had like a Ferris wheel or, mm-hmm. you know, fun little things, but not like a Disneyland it Magic wasn't Mountain. It was like a full on. Right. Like the other ones. Yeah. Have you been to the, the Bush Gardens? No, I've never been. It's I've like a been. like a Universal Studios Disneyland kind of thing. You know, I never liked Universal Studios, and the reason yeah. why here's why because like it's not real rides. It's just like a like a little well, see, bus. That's why I love it's a it. bus that shakes, and it's a bunch of like it's a bunch of like. It's a bunch of like families with fanny packs that have on like 3D glasses and they're just like, ah, like while there's like Jurassic Park, you know what I mean? Coming out and everything, but it's just, it, it's 3D. It's basically like Walmart yeah. rides, the but they overcharge the you for what it. They call 4D rides or stop motion rides. But the thing yeah. is like for someone like myself who does not like roller coasters, like I, I can't them. handle that dropping feeling. I get vertigo for days. I love it. Like I, I've gone yeah. there like three times. But, and also the other thing I think is that they only have so much land and roller coasters take up way more room and are more expensive to put together than those 40 stop motion rides. Yeah. I mean, roller coasters are, are pretty, like, I like roller coasters. I remember when I first rode the Screaming Eagle. I don't know if you know that. It's at Six mm. Flags. And do you remember the scene in Sandlot where Babe Ruth comes out of the closet and then he's like, everybody gets one chance to do something great. <laughs> I remember whenever I was like seven, I remember I thought that my one chance to do something great with my life was to ride the Screaming Eagle because I was scared of it. And I remember, like, I was hearing, like, that, like, thing from, like Sandlot playing in my head, I was like, this is my one chance to do something great is to ride this ride. I thought that was like my chance to be able to like, uh-huh. to do something meaningful with my life at <laughs> so seven. Like, when you're scared so, of a roller coaster, though, are you scared of like the dropping feeling or like going upside down? Like, I what, just, do you, what do you feel? I like how I can feel my stomach in my head. You know that feeling like right whenever you drop and then it just all of a sudden like your stomach goes See, straight like up in that. your mind. You're not oh, I it. love it. See, I don't like that. Can you handle the roller coasters? You know what? Something happened on a roller coaster in a good way once. Uh-huh. I stopped screaming. What? And I just breathed. And I'm like, oh, I can actually breathe. It really changed how I felt about those deep ass because I used to freak out mm-hmm. at the deep ass drops. Yeah. So you started meditating. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. It Remembering might, Dalai it, Lama lectures. Well, yeah. I'm trying to think. If it was the time that I took a half of a candy and half of a Xanax, oh boy, which made oh, yeah. which made the roller coaster at California Adventure the most fascinating fucking ride I'd ever been. I was oh, like, oh yeah, I'm king of the world. I've never done that one. That's amazing, dude. Uh, taking one right before a roller coaster because it took away. It took away the. It happened to take away the fear that you normally get in relax. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. And I don't know if it was that moment, but I was like. 
oh, I'm going down, yay! But I wasn't expelling. That's where you. Uh-huh. F- that's where people freak out. You expel all that. Like what screaming? You mean? That screaming. You expel all that air, and you have you can't breathe until you get down to the bottom. And so I feel like the screaming makes the dropping feeling not as bad, though. Yeah. You don't think so? It could. I mean, I, I'm sure it does. You know what I mean? Because anytime you're holding in like tension, if you're just like, <laughs> like, of course it's gonna make it like ten times more scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like being like, <laughs> but it's just I funny. Used to it like my face allows so it hard, to like a raisin. <laughs> I would have like just the like I guess like the fear and kind of like I would get this pain during the dropping feeling. It felt like my brain was being like squished in. Like, you know what's that log ride at Disneyland? Uh, the log flume? No, no. Yeah, what's what? it called? Uh, Splash Mountain. That yeah, was, like, yeah. the worst for me. That drop was, like, I don't know why. I would squeeze my head so hard out of, like, fear and almost, like, that pain of that dropping feeling. And then afterwards, I would be kind of dizzy for, like, three days. Well, I mean, okay, at Disneyland and stuff, like, one person's going to die there a year, right? Out of all the people that come, you would think one one person dies a year. Actually, a lot of people have died there. But you know what they do is they take the body <laughs> off of the premise and then they call the, the person to you know say that they're dead because they don't want to declare that that many people die at Disneyland. Really? So every year somebody dies at Disneyland on a ride? I don't know if it's on a ride, but I mean, pe- think like, of all the jackasses. People have like heart attacks and stuff. I mean, there's a billion people there. At least one of those people every day has to be a serial killer. One person has to be a daredevil. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people that go to Disneyland. So you figure, statistically, one person would die there every year, at least. I'm sure, yeah. I mean, I read a stat that in your lifetime, you'll walk past something like 30 times in your life, you'll walk past someone who's like a murderer or a serial killer. 30 times? 30 I figured times it'd be more life. than that. I know. I, I feel like 30 is a lot. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot. But, like, I just feel like there's a lot of crazy people. And it's, like, statistically, you know, like, I figure you probably walk past one potential serial killer a day. No. What do you think? <sighs> there's some weird people I'm, out there. I'm, I'm actually so enthralled. I feel like I'm in my car listening to you guys, and I'm like... I really am still processing this information, and then I start doing math. I'm like, all right, so 30 in a year time, so uh, now that I'm being put on the spot. See, I heard 30 in a lifetime. Oh, 30 in a lifetime. That's only like, if you live 100 years, it's like We don't know the lives of the people that we walk past, that we walk past, which Mm -hmm. is one of the reasons why I became a host, because I I always felt like an outsider like I'm a nerd, I'm a geek, but I always felt like I didn't play D and D. I don't remember the characters in in Star Wars like everyone else does. I read Mad Magazine, not comic books, so I always felt like an outsider. You had a, you were into very specific stuff that you were a geek about, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the same things as everybody. Right, like the, the mainstream like geek movement. Yeah, yeah. So today it feels it, it's wonderful geek. for geeks to feel like we have a place in the world. Mm-hmm. But isn't it funny how? I still, still as an individual, a grown-ass man, still feel like, no, 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 I'm different than mm-hmm. those people. I don't belong with them. Um, but hosting is a great way to get to, heal, get to hear people's stories, what makes them fascinating and what fascinates them. So the idea of you know, hearing a stat like you could walk by 30 people, we could have a conversation about that for an hour and a half on a mm-hmm. podcast and delve into that and to hear, well, what's your story? Right. And then you could tell me a story of somebody would listen and say, boy, that sounds like a serial killer moment in uh-huh. your life. Yeah. Oh, I mean, totally. I love the same thing with like, with not necessarily just hosting, but in general, I love 
in my life, just meeting new people and finding out what they're all about and what makes them tick. I guess that kind of is what has drawn me to hosting, but just in life, even if I'm not being recorded or videotaped, I'm still interested in that. Like, even if we weren't being recorded right now, I enjoy the conversations. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Just to find out what makes people, but you really don't know because most of the time people are not going to tell you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I mentioned, like that we probably walk past a lot of serial killers. Just imagine all the disgruntled actors in LA. You're going to tell me some of those people don't want to make like skin, like skin lampshades, you know, know like so because they've had so many bad auditions. Yeah. You know, so you really don't know because most of the time people don't really open up fully. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's human nature not to. Like, if you overshare everything and you go up and it's like, hi, you know, my dad left when I was six mm-hmm. and it's like and then my mom whoo, she was crazy you know what I mean she used to throw glass bottles at the cat yeah that ends you know, the date like, pretty fast yeah, ab- absolutely and kinda... people are like yeah. yeah that's something you say you know what I mean that's like pillow talk after like mm-hmm. the 10th date you know it's like so why are you so unique and it's like well my mom used to throw glass bottles at the cat and then all of a sudden it made me like this really 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 so caring like, person as you're stroking the back of their head, so their hair, the you know what I mean? with the back of your hand too it's not yeah. the front <laughs> oh, I don't know. And talking in a different accent. <laughs> Absolutely. The, I just feel like the wait, is that French? It was whatever it was supposed to be. As a voice actor, something foreign. Yeah, as a, it as was a, something foreign. As a voice actor, the, one of the best things I ever heard was any accent you do, as long as you know what it is and know why you're doing it, and you know who the person is, that becomes the best accent in the world. So even if your worst Christopher Walken accent could be a great person, doesn't mm-hmm. have to be Christopher Walken, but it's a character. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Do you have like sense. a favorite character accent to do? Um, and then part of me is like, I'm really not doing it justice. So for example, I like doing the French accent, but I don't necessarily know if it is accurate to do the French accent or if I'm doing the typical American trying to do a French accent. <laughs> but I could say, bonjour, comment allez-vous? And I will have the French people say, oh, je te suis de le soir. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and apologies to Steve Martin. That's an actual uh, bit from his one of his early Wild and Crazy yeah, yeah. yeah, but to us, that sounds... Great. Sounds but legit so, to but me. But to someone yeah. from France, then I'd be like, oh, no, that's not right. Right. But I, I'm dorky, and I'm like, oh, my God, what if I'm not good enough? Mm-hmm. Which is, um, boy, how many of us feel inadequate as an actor? Mm-hmm. Oh, every, I think everybody feels like that because it's like you're living in a city to, to where every single person, you know, like mm-hmm. I used to have a joke about like how everybody's an actor in L.A. Like you could go to the doctor and then all of a sudden he's checking your blood pressure and then he's like, yeah, he's like just waiting to get that under five co-star role. He's like, so I get out of this bullshit. <laughs> and it's right. like, dude, just be a doctor. You know yeah. how much money you make? Like just let that be enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. Because, um, yeah, sorry, I'm doing this update on my phone, guys, as we're also talking because I haven't been getting text messages. So yeah, it's Matt's kind of having been, some serious phone issues today. You know, it's you, you realize how important your phone is in this society. You know, like if I can't get text messages anymore, then I just feel like I'm cut. I feel like I'm a leper in Calcutta. Like nobody's going to touch me. <laughs> oh, know? yeah, I've called T-Mobile probably like 10, maybe even 20 times now. Like 
in pure rage. Like, this isn't working. What am I paying you for? Like, what's the whole point of this? Like, you're taking, what, a 85 bucks from me a month and, and I'm not getting the service. And I just, and then I always threaten to leave. And then, and then they're like, oh, okay. And then they give me some discount. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, they don't want you to go. They don't want you to talk poorly about them on a public forum like yeah. a podcast. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, T-Mobile. <laughs> Sometimes but, you suck. <laughs> but, you know, it happens. But yeah. when you call, do you call already enraged and blaming the person you're speaking to? Or do you call with kindness and, and imagine yourself on the other end of the line going, oh, my God, they're they're totally yelling at me. And no, I'm, no, I definitely am the first person. But I also realize the person I'm calling, it's not directly their fault. Yeah. My phone's going wrong. To a fault, because as of late, my wife and I, you know, l- try to live in kindness as mm-hmm. much as we can. And so to the detriment of me wanting to get out the anger sometimes, I will always go on the default of, that person has nothing to do with my problem. Mm-hmm. They may not be able to help me. They may not speak English. They may not get my humor. That's the thing that makes me the wor- the ma- mo- most mad is when, when they, they don't, don't get, get my li- when they don't get my humor. I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to tell you my phone doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell you I'm hanging off a ledge like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> and they're like. I am sorry, sir, that we cannot help you or your friend Dwayne. And you're like, no! <laughs> oh, now I got to explain myself. So. Yeah. I find it it's frustrating. Like, if you call in the daytime, it's like someone who's in America picks up. But then, and I, I actually like ask them why this is. If you call and say, like, really late, like, I'm a night owl, like, I'll call in the middle of the night. And they reroute their calls to somewhere in, like, Malaysia or right. India or something. And they don't always necessarily understand, like, what's going on and it's like a little bit of a language barrier there it's right it's a language barrier and also just how we speak mm-hmm. you know the the um the words we use and the phrases that we use that somebody's like i don't understand yeah, I find that when I call in the middle of the night, they sound so happy, even though I'm so angry. <laughs> right. And that just makes me angrier. I'm like, please, I just want this phone to work. I hate it when somebody, when English isn't their first language and they speak in complete sentences and you just want to get on and off really quickly. Like, that's what straight talk is. It's like, hello there, sir. It's like, how are you doing today? And then I'm like, I'm doing really well. I just need to be able to do this. Okay, well, we will make sure that you find out that you are getting the absolute answer <laughs> that like you are looking for. Yeah, and I get it because it's like English is hard, but it's like, I want to get on, I want to get off. And you're doing the Stephen Hawking voice. Like, I don't know what accent that is, but you sound like the Terminators when like Skynet, like, like literally became a reality. Like it's like just speaking in complete sentences. Right. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is driving me crazy. You're going to make me hang myself while I'm on the phone with you. And you know, they always like, start with repeating what the problem is, what you just said. You call and you say, my, I'm not getting text messages on my phone. And their first response is, I understand that you are not getting text messages on your phone. <laughs> right. Yes. I am happy to help you. Oh, oh my and gosh. And then you're like, yeah. thank you. You just, now this is after you've gone through five minutes of their, of their phone tree, pressing one, pressing two, mm-hmm. going back and then them hanging up. And they always ask for your phone number right at the top. What's your phone number in case they, we get disconnected? Uh-huh. And how many of them call you back? Nah. Zero. Oh no! 0%. Never. I always get disconnected. Never. I hate that. Yeah, it's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Now I have to ask: uh-huh. Do you guys ever leave voicemail, like to friends on on? When you call somebody, do you ever leave voicemail? Mm, I, I, I leave rare. voicemail, but I realize that people don't check their voicemail, too. They don't. I, I check my voicemail. Yeah. Check now, a lot of times do you ever get, though. while you're talking and leaving the voicemail, the, are you still there? 
If you're satisfied with your message, press one. Uh-huh. Do you ever get that? Oh, yes, I do. You mean. Yeah. yeah. I th- I always thought it was just me. That was, I, I made a, v- a short video once where it was just me and hell trying to call customer service. <laughs> you and hell. And, and it was just me. And then over and over again, I would leave the message and I'd get angrier and angrier. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. my cat's hanging out on my bed, oh. just sticking its tail and its butt in the video. I'm like, I'm going to leave this. Yeah. Because that's... Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just cat butts. So whenever it you is. guys call like, it is. customer That's service. all the life is. <laughs> cat butts. Cat butts. Cat. At the end of the day, you will realize that was the meaning of life was just cat ass. <laughs> it's like, really? That was the only lesson we were supposed to get. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's like, that's that's it. It's It was all about cat butts. And I it's like, that's why they cat. stuck it in your face. It was a very inconspicuous way to show Wait, you the meaning of life. Haley, I, I wanna, recently okay. adopted a cat and she, I've been waking up. Uh, I hate cats, but I also love them. It's yeah. weird. My it's boyfriend weird wakes up hate. like really early, like 5 a.m. And then you know, feeds her whatever. And then after she just kind of roams around and then I wake up a few hours later and I always wake up and she's like right staring in my yeah. face or her ass is like right in my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not. Ass, their ass is like so pronounced. <laughs> like it's like you just see it and it's like no matter how cute it is, then you just see that gigantic gaping like Stop. butthole Stop. like right in your face and they're like always shoving it in there. <laughs> I think that they're assholes because like they know what they're doing. Like they, oh, yeah. they're very, very manipulative creatures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But some people like that. You know what I mean? Like my roommate has a cat. I like his cat, <laughs> but it's like, I, it also drives me crazy. My cat you know? wants my dog. Like seriously. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had her first. Like I, we got her February 2nd and we got the dog April 18th. So she thinks that it was like her territory first. Right. So when we bring the dog in, she was like pissed about it. And he has like a little playpen thing, kind of like a little run area that he's stuck in. And it's, it's. You know, one wall is is the back of the couch, and so she'll sit on the top edge of the couch, and she just like dangles her tail, like swishing it back and forth, yeah. wanting him to jump at it. But then as soon as he jumps, she'll like hiss and like you know bat her her yeah. paw at him. Cats definitely have an attitude that uh, you either love or you hate, or you love hate. Yeah, because it feels human. It really feels like I know people like this, or I have dated people. <laughs> Who were like this? Yeah, we have three cats, and we've I've been a cat fan all my life. Same with my wife, uh-huh. and so we recently got a four year old girl mm-hmm. to join our two boys, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, she's slowly. I think we've had her a month, six weeks, mm-hmm. getting more comfortable, but still hisses uh-huh. at the two cats. What What are the names of your cats? So Harley is eighteen. Uh huh. Frosty. Um, is four, uh-huh. but I call him Doodly Doo. Okay. That's his nickname. Doodly Doo. Doodly Doo. It's a good nickname. And uh, in fact, Doodly Doo and I go for a walk. We have one of those cat wheels. Uh-huh. My oh, mother-in-law yeah, yeah. bought one because I'm like, you know that if you buy one, it doesn't guarantee your cats are going to take to it. Mm-hmm. And so luckily, Doodly Doo will go on the cat wheel, sit on it, and then I'll straddle myself inside the wheel. So if you can think about a... a Wait, it's like a big hamster wheel, right? It's like a big hamster wheel. So I'll straddle myself inside, <laughs> and I'll just take my hands uh-huh. and just start going for a walk. Uh-huh. And then I have a song that I that we sing together, <laughs> and then he gets bored, and then I just pick him up and I kiss him on his head. Aw, yeah. cute. And do they, does the cat, like, is he, like, all, like... Cool, man. Or is he like, does he like try to like get away? He'll do it for a little while. He wants me. He's a lazy fuck. So he'll, he'll yeah. barely walk and I have to do all mm-hmm. the work. And then I'm like, come on, doodly do. Let's, you know. How let's big drop- are those wheels? I've been thinking of getting one. Uh, like they take up a lot of space. 
Well, yeah, maybe maybe in in with like you know we have ours in front of a sliding door to our patio because we don't have room against a wall. Got so you. It's maybe us sitting down, maybe that tall. Uh-huh. With uh-huh. us sitting down up to our heads. Right. I just don't right. know if my cat will use it or not. And you don't know if your cat will use it or yeah. not. And it's yeah. a pretty big investment, right? They're like, they're, it can't be like 20 bucks or something. Yeah, it's they're, little... you know, a couple hundred bucks, I think. Same with like that litter robot. Have you seen that? Oh, God. I've it's gone like 500 through. 500 bucks. I've gone through. What's some... a litter robot? Just follows the cat around? No, and like, no. What's it like shit? <laughs> it's like a litter box. Your cat, cat just pooped <laughs> on the ground. Ha, ha, ha. That's what the robot is. No, no. It's like yeah. the cat goes inside. It's like a, it's like a, it's like looks like a big globe thing and the litter is in there, in there so the cat knows to go in there goes in there and then when the cat gets out it takes like seven to ten minutes or whatever and then it does this thing where it like cycles like it spins like a washing machine and so it keeps the litter in there but then all the waste like falls below into a drawer and then whenever you want you just empty the drawer oh that's amazing so you never have to scoop litter yeah because sometimes i take care of my roommate's cat and i'm uh-huh. like i don't want to do this shit like i, I don't want to take care Adam i don't want to take care of his cat yeah. you know what i mean like and it's like he, I, I just, I, he just scraping the litter box and everything like that. It just, it just bothers me. You know what I mean? Like the, the whole, it smells like, it, it smells like a chemical up. waste too. Like whenever you I just it, want the listeners know? to know that even for those of us who love cats, uh-huh. that we still think the same thing. Right. You just. When we're having to clean the box, especially when I would buy the different kinds of electronic cat cleaners and water uh-huh. fountains. Because they're electronic, you might have to work on them less at the moment, but then there's a point where you have to clean it and you have to take it apart and clean out all the pieces and the cats don't always poop where they're supposed to. Uh And so I've gone back to just the manual labor. Yeah. Right, right, like Gandhi style. <laughs> yeah, like whenever he used to clean out the toilets, God. you know. My cat's never like, you know, had an accident, but there was one time that I think she was just like pissed off at us, and she like purposely went and she peed on her bed, and I had like I had like laid up my clothes that I was gonna wear. Oh no! She peed right on the dress I was about to put on. I was oh. so mad, but I don't think it was an accident. I think she did it on purpose because other than that, she's never had an accident. Yeah, we're going through with this new cat. Her name is. Hold on a second. Oh, Maisel. Maisel. <laughs> because we recently changed it. Um, the cat came with a name that we were using, but um, I'm going to freak you the fuck out right now. Yeah, no, no, you. I'm listening. We've had animal communicators that we've worked with. Oh, for cats. real? That, for like real. Like cat whisperer? Yeah, like cat What, what was cat that whisperer. like? So, oh, my God. But so how do they talk to the cat? Like, do they like just like get down and like nudge heads with it and they're like <laughs> communicating? Like- you would think. And, you know, me being the more science guy who's like, I need to see concrete examples mm-hmm. if I'm going to believe that somebody's communicating with my cat. <laughs> and usually as it turns out, if you see you know if you see a me- medium to talk to somebody who's passed along uh-huh. or something, usually get little hints that you're like, "Oh, how did they know that?" So mm-hmm. um, so did it work? Is it real? I, you know what? I think it is. Really? I really think now, it is. Now I want to be one. There've been <laughs> a few instances where the communicator has communicated something that uh-huh. was never mentioned. I'm like, did I put that on a Facebook? Does, did I write in my bio that I love soup and croutons? How the hell? Soup and croutons? Oh, yeah. Those are two of my favorite <laughs> items. And a cat communicator, a well-known animal communicator, at one point we were Skyping with her from France or Spain. Uh-huh. She's like, why am I'm getting the word soup or croutons? I forgot which one. And I look at my wife and I'm like... What the hell? 
That's crazy. Um, but really, what really changed my life was the communicator, the same communicator, at one point asked me, how's your health? This was for a cat who had passed at three and a half years old. And I said, my health is okay. She's like... So what, what? you were trying to talk to the cat? So that we were, the communicator was talking with a cat who, who passed suddenly at three and a half years old. Okay. And so we were just kind of like, why? You know, why? What happened? And, and what can we do? You never found out what happened to him? Um, it was something with the lungs. Oh, no. Jeez. And yeah, so it was really heartbreaking, but it was enlightening. And I'm going to say, you don't have to believe 100%, but I think if it gives you peace, if something gives you peace and lets you move forward, uh-huh. it's just an answer. A lot of times we go through life and we don't have the answers to things. You just want the answer. You want the answer. And you yeah. feel like if you don't have the answer, you, you, don't, you can't move on, which stops a lot of us from taking a step forward. And so this cat woman, uh, communicator. this communicator uh-huh. had said, well... I'm getting that your health is not well. Mm-hmm. Have you ever taken up meditation? And I said, no, I haven't. She said, and I don't know if it was her translating what the cat said or if it was her saying this just from her idea, but she said, look into meditation. And so about three years ago, I started doing meditation and mm-hmm. it's been it's been a path that's taken me in one of those, in kind of the places right. where going on the stressed out podcast, I'm like... I'm not stressed out as much as I used to be. We hope not. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about, Uh but yet, you know, we found some things to commiserate on, like phones. There's still phones, and then you know, like when when cat poop goes wrong, right? Going, you know, going down roller coasters that scare you, you know. Yeah, it sounds though like you can even meditate on a roller coaster now, so you must be pretty successful. You can, but but. I've even gone beyond meditation. Wait, what's beyond, oh, what's we'll, beyond we'll meditation? We'll save that for hour three of your podcast. Oh, oh. boy. So there's something called tapping. EFT. Oh, EFT. I've, e- I used to do that. Yeah. EFT even tapping. Though, yeah. yeah. E- Wait, EFT what? tapping is basically <laughs> you, see, you hit pressure points on pressure points around your body. Okay. Some of them, like you're you're hitting the, what would you call this? The the side of your hand. So yeah. And like then the this. eyebrow. Eyebrows. Right Below the nose, below the lips, and then on your chest. And the idea is kind of like, um, uh, what am I blanking on? When when you get like needles put in you, acupuncture. Ac- it's like yeah, yeah, acupuncture. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like yeah. a, a mental acupuncture. Now, did you find that it? That oh, helped? I did it for a really long time. The thing is, is is I kind of st- the reason I used to do it before shows and stuff like that. And uh, I had a big show one night. Mm-hmm. And I was doing this, and I had a comedian come over to me. He goes, hey, man, what the hell are you doing? Because he thought that I had like some sort of nervous tick or something. <laughs> but what it does is it, it calms down your nervous system. But I found that like whenever I was doing it, like I had to do it all the time. Anytime I was like stressed out, I, was, I, I would get addicted to doing that. Right. And so I just kind of stopped. And I was like, I'm just going to let myself feel bad sometimes. How I know that you? sounds weird, but like... If you have an addictive personality, you know what I mean. You can that can become a form of yeah. escapism. How long do you for tap me. for? Right. How long do you tap each? Year? As long as you want. See, I would start you doing know? like this really OCD thing, and I would be like counting. Like I wouldn't be able to meditate. Yeah, yeah. it have. But but what I found for me even more than meditation that it helps me talk out my issues, and I oftentimes will come up with the answer that I wouldn't have done if I was. If I remain frustrated, stressed out, angry. So for you before yeah. a show, it's a way for you. It was a way for you to release some of the some of the stress of 
overthinking things. Right. How am I going to do? How's this going to be perceived? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. All that stuff. And so I've found it even more than meditation to be a really beneficial way to find answers to things. And even if the answers aren't right, it lets me go forward. For you, it let you go do your show. Yeah. If you didn't do tapping and you didn't learn, get to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to feel this. Yeah. This is a part of me. I'm going to bring it with me on stage. Some people would get stage fright, like Barbara Streisand had stage fright. And I believe that was the reason why she didn't show up for her star's unveiling, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. She's the one and only person. They had the star unveiling, the red carpet ready to go. She didn't show up. What? And I think it was because of her stage fright. But she didn't have to perform. She didn't have to perform, but it's different for somebody like you and I who do comedy. We can be in front of a crowd and have so much fun, yet some people, the idea of speaking in front of a crowd scares them. So for her, she could be herself behind the microphone Mm -hmm. when she was singing or acting. But to be raw and have to speak from your heart rather than words, Mm -hmm. I think is the reason why she didn't show up. Interesting. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, sometimes whenever you're on stage, you have, like, an element of control. But, like, some people are, like, more afraid of, like, whenever you have to actually, like, engage people, you know, like, give, like, some sort of a speech or something like that, you know? Like, they're like, worried they're going to make, a, like... They're going to make an idiot of themselves, you know what I mean? Because the the mask is off, so to speak. You don't really have the armor of being a celebrity, you know what I mean? Hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and I got right. into hosting because in stand-up... I found I love the times when I hosted mm-hmm. and when I went off book because there was some a-hole or drunk in the audience who would get me <laughs> off book. It gave me permission to not be tied to my material. notes, yeah. my material. And so because I wasn't confident about my material, yeah. it was kind of like, oh, it was such a relief. And I'm like, oh, all right. I love hosting. I like interviewing because... I have permission to just be me instead of trying to be... Instead of trying to be funny <clears throat> all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Which we are anyway, because that's, you know, we're comedians. We're naturally funny. Uh Wait, I need, I have to go back though to this animal communicator. I can't (laughs) stop thinking about this. Yes. So what's like a normal session like? Like how long is it and what do they, are they like holding the animal? Oh, oh yeah. You were asking. So a session can be either in person or over the phone or over Skype. Okay. Most or many communicators like to have a picture of the animal. So they can kind of draw on at least a physical presence or or a a visual presence in their minds. I did have one communicator who didn't use anything, and Mm -hmm. she didn't work out for me. In being kind to the experience, I think that this was a world-renowned animal communicator who maybe wasn't in her element at that time. And basically, it it was a waste of money for that experience. But usually, we've had ours remotely call in. We've asked them questions, like written them out, and then they kind of tune in to the energy Mm -hmm. of these animals. Again, it sounds really weird and kooky for most people, but I've gotten enough feedback where I'm like, I think that's possible. You know, for our cat, Frosty, you know, the animal communicator said, Frosty is a teenager. Mm-hmm. So think of your cat as a teenager who's always fighting with the older one, wanting his way, strutting his stuff. He wants a girlfriend. Uh-huh. And you know what? <laughs> it made sense. So I treat Frosty as 
He doesn't. He wants to go on the cat wheel. He wants love. And then as soon as I come there, he's like, get away from me, dad. I just <laughs> right. want to be myself. So I'm like, that makes sense. Uh-huh. He wants a girlfriend. He wanted to have someone to run and play with. We got this new cat who's terrorizing the fuck out of him. Oh, no. Uh-huh. But he said, I want a cat through the communicator. I want a white cat, uh-huh. a, a, a girlfriend, or I want someone with a white face. And our cat who we weren't looking for this one has a white face. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. What kind of cats are your cats? Yeah. They're uh, uh, Harley's just a gray, black, white uh-huh. mix. Frosty's black, except he's got white on his bikini. Uh-huh. Like so down on his bottom and then uh-huh. here around his uh, uh-huh. nipples and a, and a little charm on his chest. Cute. And then, um, oh, and then Maisel. Uh-huh. Maisel is the new cat. Her official name is the Meowvelous Mrs. Maisel. Wow. Named like after the TV the show. show. Yeah, have yeah, you seen yeah, the show? The show is actually pretty good. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's pretty good. It's really good. The production design is amazing. The uh, costumes are amazing. And for somebody with a... Com- you know, comedy background, it's mm-hmm. it's so fun to watch somebody go through the process. So we named our cat Maisel. Yeah. Cool. Mine is Lola, but she came with that name. We yeah. adopted her. Yeah. That's awesome. But, you know, yeah. some people say and a cat brings the energy with them with the name that uh-huh. they were given by another owner. Mm-hmm. And so we had the other name. Uh, I can't even remember what the other name was, but... You know, because we've had these issues, we're like, well, let's right. just come up with our own name. Let's change the energy. Again, does it work? I don't know. Some people would say, does tapping work? Well, it did for you and it yeah. does for me. Right. So let's change her name. Let's let's not worry about it so we can focus on other things. Yeah. Just, yeah. I think overall just being positive and optimistic and trying your best. Yeah. I think I think that's really what it boils down to is that the, the thing that the, all those things have in common is you sort of do sort of get what you kind of believe. You know what I mean? Like that's a that's a that's the round so whatever it takes to get there. So some people are like, is it just placebo? And the answer is like, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like why does it really matter? Because if it whether it is or whether it isn't, it's like if it's working for you, you know, then it's like, what's wrong with the placebo? That's what I don't understand. People are like is it a placebo? Like, who cares? You know, like it's working. If it works, it works. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the main thing. I it's think. True. Very so true. If it works, it works. That's a great way <laughs> to be able to leave this. Yeah. Oh, is that <laughs> it? Works. Are we Lesson, done already? Lesson of the day. Oh. I think our time is up. I actually, I have to go. Yeah. So. Because right. I got to go try to get my phone fixed. And we don't this have is, any music today, so we don't. Should we like? But we, we need to find out where can people yes. where can people find and follow you. Yes. Uh, so you I, be able to plug your. Oh yeah, sure. So you can go to laurenkling.com, L O R E N K L I N G dot com, and also social media slash Lauren Kling on Insta and, and uh, Twitter. I have a podcast called Five Things That Changed Your Life mm-hmm. at Five Things dot com. Okay. And I've got a new podcast I'm producing called Ben's Town Stories that'll come mm-hmm. out later on this year. More stories from people in radio and imaging and things like that. Dude, that's really cool. Yeah. That, I like that concept, five things that change your life, because it's 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 very specific. Yeah. You know? And it forces people to be able to like, kind of be a dialed in. Right. And it gets yeah. blinking. Right. And what it happens is some people can think of two or three or four. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, and then it really makes you think of those little things you haven't thought of in a long uh-huh. time. Some people can come up with 15 or 20, which is great because then we can do an episode of great. Let's pick five that are interesting to myself and then talk about them. Right. Uh huh. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because like totally. some things might change your whole life or some things might just change a little bit you know, mm-hmm. of your life. Yeah. 
like yeah. a cat, like a cat communicator telling yeah. you to do meditation, change my <laughs> we'll life. Go Google cat communicators yeah. after. Yeah, this. all right, cat communicator. Cat, you got a cat communicator who's a cat lady. You got cat food, cat litter. Everything is labeled cat these days. You know what's so weird though? Because everything's a process of trial and error. What was the first guy that like you can imagine how crazy that guy looked? Like the first guy who'd like discovered that like how to cat communicate. He's just like on the ground, like ooh, ooh, like and just trying all kinds of different things you know like maybe he would have stuck like the cat's like paw just in his mouth and started sucking it he's like well that's not working like he had to have tried so many trial and errors of like just different like ways to like how can I communicate with this cat I'm gonna go home and tell Adam like babe we need to hire a cat communicator and he's gonna think I'm crazy and I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna see how I can turn that idea into a podcast yeah Yeah. huge failures Of interesting things. Right, sure. because cat communicators, like, there had to have been a lot of trial and error, and he had to have tried a lot of things, probably that we don't even want to know about, the first cat <laughs> communicator to be able to, I like, tried it. I took a class know. with an animal communicator we work with, and for me, it didn't work at all. Oh. But for some people in the group, they were able to actually see things uh, and describe things that they had, that were in Texas, where this animal communicator what? was from. They were able to see items and describe them. So it's like being a psychic. It is like you're, a mind reader. It is cat. you're basically seeing through the animal, and we're not just talking cats. Most animals have a higher awareness of self than we do, and so when we actually the way we behave in front of animals, whether it's physically or mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. they pick up on that. Wow. You know what? I, I've thought about that because I've noticed all my friends who are the craziest, their animals are crazy. <laughs> my friends who are the craziest, yeah, that their animals are like are, are nuts. Yeah. You know, because they, they pick up on their owner's like thing. Like mm-hmm. it's like they're like, oh, and I've heard them criticize their animal. They're like, why is he acting like this? I'm like, because you act like that. <laughs> you know, like you do that thing, you know, like. When when animals misbehave, a lot of times it's because their owners are not always, but most more often than not, they're insane. Or they're trying to com- they're trying to communicate something like why does Maisel pee next to the box and not in it? Well, we have to try to figure out why, but it's a way to communicate. Yeah. So leaving like I, clues like Sherlock Holmes. If you know? I pee while I'm leaving here, you're gonna wonder. All right, Lauren, what's going on? There's something deeper here. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like if you just pulled out a bottle right now and started pissing under the table. Oh no, like, bottle. Oh, oh no, Lauren. bottle. <laughs> just you just. Oh, dude, what's that smell? It's like oh, Lauren's oh, just pissing on yeah, the non-GMO, all carpet. organic, just peeing out the door up the yeah. stairs. Lovely. It's amazing. Well, my dog is uh, very attracted to all things the color pink, and I'm not, yeah, maybe that's because I love the color pink. But literally, like anything that's pink, like any clothing, jewelry, he goes for it. Wow, it's really weird, and we cannot figure it's out weird. why. Yeah. But that's one of those five things that changed your life or changed my life hearing the story. Well, maybe. I think yeah. is it all, I think it might be our time though. Is it one? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I can't. Time. I can't ra- wait for part two. So yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. So in part two, we'll talk about so many other things. Yes, I would. Love yes, that. the first time that something was discovered, you yeah. know, yeah, like new inventions. That's what we'll talk about. All right. Learn something so new guys, every day. This has been Lauren Kling. If you guys don't follow him, don't worry. But we will come to your house and we will kill you. Yeah. Thank you. So. <laughs> Just gotta, you know what I mean. Gotta, gotta make sure that our guests are treated right. Because yeah. if they're not, you know what I mean, then we have to dismember our listeners because they don't take water. action. We need to get a water bottle. <laughs> oh, I know. See? I was asking for a while. I don't know why I'm an old oh, yeah. guy. When my mouth is dry, become an old man. 
yeah, crotchety you, old man. Your teeth fall out. My <laughs> teeth, my teeth fell out, <laughs> and now I'm an old sailor who's talking like he doesn't have any teeth. <laughs> what other attribute am I going to take on now and just hold? I don't know. <laughs> and I got no brain. I can't think of anything. It's like wait, which is the dude from Wizard of Oz that doesn't have a brain? Because it's not courage. Uh, the, or the, the, the scarecrow. scarecrow. If yeah. I only had a brain. Yeah. They should have made that more yeah. realistic to where he was just like, Dog. like he should have just like, he should have just because, been like hitting his yeah, chest. He the was speaking time pretty his, well, pretty eloquently for, for a guy without a brain. Well, a scarecrow without a brain. Yeah. And the tin man had no, but you know, they should of have course. just made him like slobbering at the mouth and like hit the side of his head, just like hanging off like a wheelchair. <laughs> like, I like the tin man the best. He was the cutest. The Tin Man. I liked the credits when it was over the best. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Am I a jerk? (laughs) Wizard of Oz, yeah. Great special effects in that movie, though. All right, we keep saying we got to go. Okay. We should probably really. Thank you, guys. All All right. right. Au revoir. We're out.